Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, to start off the programme today, you may have heard in the news this morning, figures from the child and family agency TUSLA around school attendance. More than 212 individual children or the parents or guardians of 212 individual children have been sent what are called uh, summonses, court summonses, to discuss their child's uh, absences from school. Almost half of the cases are in the south of the country. It's really not clear why that is or how that is. But obviously parents and legal guardians have a legal obligation to ensure that the child in their care attends school or at least receives an education elsewhere, whether that's homeschooling or by some other means. And if Tusa feel that a parent is neglecting their child in that regard, then it sends them in the first instance a warning letter called a school attendance notice. These are generally sent if there is persistent absenteeism. That's deemed to be missing more than 20 days of any school calendar year. I'm not sure if they send the letters in in cases of, of, of it has to be just 20 days. I think in many instances it is if it's in excess of that. So 778 individual warning letters have been sent out between January of 2018 and August of this year. If the parents are ignoring those warnings and if the child is still persistently missing school, at that point then the possibility of prosecution becomes real. And as we've seen today in the figures released, Tusla has issued court summonses relating to 212 individual children. Uh, Paul Downs, I had um, him on the news earlier this morning here on Classic Hits. He is the Director of Educational Disadvantage at Dublin City University. So a man with good insight into this issue. He believes these figures that we're learning about today are far too high. He says that the legal proceedings approach was supposed to be an approach of last resort. So in other words, there were supposed to be other means of getting the attendance up and a very, very last resort would be to issue a court summons. But he feels that the 212 that we've heard about in 18 months is just way too high. The concern, he says, is that the lack of support facilities are being put in place for these children and their families means that maybe the legal route becomes the only option and that it's being used far too often rather than the other kinds of supports that might be necessary. Bernardo's, they've been out having their say on this today as well. You may remember this came up as an issue a little while ago and um, former Minister Dennis Nocton at that point in time suggested cutting off children's allowance. If your kids aren't going to school in the daytime, well then cut off the children's allowance and he believes that that would potentially uh, help to solve the problem or alleviate it in, in certain circumstances. Bernardo's saying they're not in support of that. They seem to be taking the approach um, as well that what you need here are supports. There are clearly good reasons why children aren't turning up for school in the morning, particularly if it's persistent, and that there need, needs to be an examination as to why that is. Paul, what's your view? Did your kids go to school all the time, on time? No, not all the time, on time. Tara, you know yourself, but in saying that, you hit the nail on the head about the services. You know, um, there's so many different reasons now why um, children possibly could miss school. I remember, I think, either yourself and I were talking about a couple of years back, um, people not sending the kids to school because they they couldn't afford to put a a lunch into their school bag. Mm. And you also have a situation that depending on the age, 
you could have from you know uh, is this primary school is this secondary school that's the question or is it is is, is uh, as you said it was just the general um, the figures were just uh, general figures of two hundred and whatever you quoted there but I would, yeah the two twelve well what, what I would be concerned about if you're talking about maybe secondary school um, rather than primary. Um, again, this topic has come up that I think that social media ha- media has a huge um, role to play in sometimes people missing school. And girls in particular, you know, I would have experienced this myself. Um, well, tell us, yeah. about your, tell us about your own experience there. Well, my own experience with, uh, when my girls were in secondary were uh, the little bit of bullying, not so much, not, not just a slight little bit of bullying, not too much, but competition. Um, you know, competition for clothes, competition for for makeup, competition mm-hmm. for how well you looked, competition about who had the best selfie up on Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook or whatever. Um, and there was a couple of times it got a little bit nasty where I had to intervene and I actually had to go to school. Mm-hmm. And, and it, is that a valid reason, Paul, uh, uh, for for kids not going to school? And I mean, nobody wants to see, particularly their own child, their own son or daughter, um, upset because they've been on the back end of bullying because they've been told, you know, they've been slagged over what runners they have or they don't have or what makeup mm. they have or they don't have. But is that a valid reason for well, let me, let me for a child to not to go to school? Okay. Well, let me put it to you this. Let me put it to you another way. The law now in Ireland says that a parent cannot physically harm a hurt child. Years ago, I got a clatter off my mother, and if I got a clatter off my mother, I got it for a good reason. Uh, that, was, that was a long time ago. But it can, how, can I, how can I physically, or any parent for that matter, go into a child's room and drag them out of the bed and force them to go to school? If a 14 or 15-year-old says, no, Tara, what can you do? Well, you can step up to the plate and you can be their parent and you can say to them, look, in the instances of, but I know you don't want to go, I understand... But turn up, put your head up high. Life's not easy. You have to get up and, and put in the effort. At the end of the day, going to school is about your future. But Tara, what you've just said doesn't work. If you've got a dominant teenager, right, and they turn around and physically say to you, I know it's a daytime show, so I'm not going to use any language. Yes. Um, but if they physically abuse you, if you use abusive language and tell you that they're not going, what can... now? As, you know, and I, I, I'm not talking about my own situation, but I'm putting a, 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 just a scenario in place that, you know, as a dad and as a mum, if you go up to a 14-year-old girl or a 15-year-old boy and, you know, say, look, come on, you, you're not going to physically drag them out of school. And if they turn around, Tara, and say, listen, I'm not going, what can you do? Well, you can parent them, Paul. I mean, you can parent them. I mean, if, okay, if you've well, got a, well, if you've right, got yeah. a dominant, if you've got a dominant fifteen-year-old or sixteen-year-old, you've got to be more dominant back. Are we afraid to parent our children? Are we afraid to tell them, "No is no. This is what you have to do." You know, the old adages that we probably heard from our own parents: "While you're under my roof, this is the way it has to be." And I'm well, saying that as somebody who I know I've had those conversations with my children. Sometimes they bleed and hate me for it. Sometimes I hate myself for having to come across the heavy in that regard. But it has to be that way. Well, I, I tell you now, I know there's possibly parents listening this, this, listen to your show now have gone to are going to what we just discussed there. But you, you know, if you've got a situation, I have to stand over this, Tara. If you've got a situation and you're trying to say, step up to the plate and be a parent, right? 
Now, but as I said, if you've got a situation where a child of 14 or 15 refuses to get out of bed, now, and if you physically, if I as a dad physically try to, to, to drag one of my kids out of bed, you know, the next thing, I'm, I'm ringing child line, I'm ringing the guards, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then you're turning around and saying, Paul, step up and be a parent. You know, it, it's not, it's, you know, it doesn't work. It's, you know, okay, you were able to do it. You were able to get your kids. They, they obviously, whatever you put in place worked for you, but it doesn't work for everybody. And that's getting back to the fact that, you know, you cannot penalise parents by bringing them to in, in front of the courts. If you've got a, a, a child who's attending secondary school or primary school or whatever, who physically won't listen to you, won't do what they're told, and most of all, won't go to school. Neve, what's your view on this? Do you think we should just, you know, out-parent the children and say, look, you've got to get up, you've got to go, that's it? I think it's not that black and white. I agree with Paul. Um... I mean, coming from a parent who had a child that was severely bullied and was terrified of going into school. The thing I would say is reach out, though, before it gets to the point where they're getting in touch with you. You get in touch with them and you say, look, I'm having problems. Yeah. And, they, and the educational officer, um, just speaking from, from my personal experience, they are there to help. And they are there to help you before it gets to the point where they're considering taking you to court. These are unexplained absences. This is what they don't like. If you were writing a note and saying, my child didn't go to school today for two weeks because he was sick, that is fine. Mm. These are the ones that you don't explain. You know, yeah. that, that they're the ones they don't like. That's true. So, and, and we just have to say, Neve. sorry, and I don't mean to cut across you, I'm very interested to hear your own personal experience of this, particularly with the child who was being, as you say, very severely bullied. Mm. These are absences that don't include children who are maybe sick and hospitalised or children Absolutely. who are dealing with, you know, horrific illnesses or injuries. These are cases where, and in many cases, where the parent has not responded either to the school chasing them up or to Tusla asking what's going on. Is there a reason why your child isn't attending? You know, so so it's gone to an extreme case before we get to 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 the, to to a court summons being issued. Absolutely, and they're not going to go away. You know, they're not going to keep. They're not going to stop asking where your child is. So it's a case of you know, you said it. Be the parent and be on their side because mm. they're too young to realise how important their education is. All they see is I hate school. Now and in five or six years, they're going to feel differently, and they're going to wish they'd gone. So and and just in, in relation to your own situation, Neve, and mm. your child and the bullying that they suffered, were the school not in a position to help in some way so that it didn't get to the point where your child didn't want to go? No, 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 no. No, it was, it was one of those situations where the school said, oh, it's not happening in the school grounds, it's happening on social media, there's mm. nothing we can do, they don't want to know. I mean, she ended up being signed off. She, um, they, they decided that the, the health system decided to sign her off for um, from February onwards. She she didn't get to sit her junior cert. It was a bit of a mess, but it's fine now. She's brilliant now. And did she get um, to sit her junior cert in the end? No. Okay. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Um, which devastated her. But, you know, we kept saying to her, look, at, in, in four years' time, nobody will be asking about your results of your junior cert. And that's what happened. Everything worked out very well for her and she's gone on to college now. But... But at the end of the day, you know, unless you, you have to engage with people. It's like everything, you know, it's like everything in this life. No one's going to go away. You know, burying your head in the sand and saying, oh, my child doesn't want to go to school today. None of us wants to go to school. 
I don't want to get up every morning and walk my son to school. Yeah. I'm, you know, it, it, it's cold out there. I'd love to stay in the bed, but he has to go. Do you accept, Rain though, and I, and I want to come back to, to, to Paul here if I can for a moment, Eve. Do you accept, Paul, that sometimes, though, this is instances of not situations like yeah. you had with your own child with, with, as you described it, milder forms of bullying, not like Neve in the situation that she found herself in. But this is, in some cases at least, I'm not going to say the majority, but in many cases, let's put it that way, parents who can't be bothered getting out of bed in the morning. I would agree. I, I would have to agree in some cases. Certainly not in mine, I can tell you that now. And I'm sure, and as Neve said herself, you know, okay, I hate having to get up. I hated having to get up in the morning and go out and de-ice the car. Mm. And then, you know, put the, you know, I'll dad make sure that they, you know, go actually have the car warm before I got them to school, you know what I mean? Uh, but I would agree with you. Yes, there are, I'm sure there are some cases where um, there may be substance involved or alcohol involved or something like that. And, and the kids, you know, uh, and it, it, you know, it, 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 that, that is happening. To, to what extent and what degree now, I would have no idea, but I'm sure. Yes, I would agree. There are there are parents that, that there are some parents that should be brought before the judicial system in relation to, to not, not getting an education for their children. Yes, I would agree with that, yes. Morris, I want to bring you in here. Um, what's your view? Do you think we should be jailing parents in those instances like Paul just outlined where it's, in many cases, parental responsibility or parental fault for the fact that their children are not going to school? Yeah, hi Tara. Um I don't know who I trust here, to be honest with you. The courts, Tusla, uh, the educational system. I think it's been a failure all along. Look, I came from a generation at school where, you know, if you got a box in school and you went home and told your parents, oh, you must have done something wrong, you got another box. And then there was child abuse went on and everything else. So have you learned anything from it? No. Would I trust Tusla? No. Um, children are like a marriage as far as I'm concerned. You only put into it what you get. If you put nothing in, you'll get nothing out of it. And it's the same with your kids. So you know there's deadbeat dads, there's deadbeat moms. They're out there. The children are the ones that are the innocent ones in all this because they're the ones that need the guidance and parental looking after. Are they doing it? No. Is the system failing them? Yes, because they think they're low lives and they're scumbags and their parents are no use and they'll turn out to be no use. Would I jail people for not looking after their children? Maybe not, but I'd make sure that I'd look after the children in the sense I'd get the social services involved. And if I thought it was right, I would take the child out of the family for their protection. Because if the if Tusla failed them and the educational system failed them, who should be the last to fail them? Their family and their parents. So who's the innocent victim in all this? The child. And what about those cases, the less hard cases that we heard there from Neve and from Paul, where they both had both had personal um Yeah. A, a, you know, experience of children who had been mercilessly bullied. Uh, I had a thirteen-year-old daughter Tara who was bullied, and I thought it was going to end up walking behind the coffin. Now, granted, it was what seventeen years ago. She's a thirty-year-old woman now. She's married with two kids, but it was so vindictive and so hurtful that when she tried to break away from a gang within the school, they just turned on her. And mm. then when I copped on what was going on, I approached the school and I said, "Look, I'm an ex-army man. Will you sort this out?" Do you know what I was accused of? Go on. I was accused of bullying the teacher. Right. You're bullying me now. I couldn't believe it. So, anyway, I got it sorted the way I should have been sorted. And then they, they changed tactics. You know what they did? They got four national kids in the school to go and bully me daughter. But we stuck it out. And I, 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 with my history in the army, we went and talked to certain people and we let them know what was going on. And it, it, it did. It did... Um, solve itself and my daughter is a lot stronger from us but you wouldn't believe how vindictive it got now if that can go on like who'd have thought we'd have had two 13 year old murderers were in the school system 
Well, you yes, and I, how bad it's gotten. Well, you know, yeah, and, and I mean, well, I, I do. That, it has to be said, though, yeah. uh, Morris. That that's an extreme case here now, I and mean, it is an extreme was, case. Well, that said, that said, there's always yeah. been bullies. There's always been school bullies. And always and and. And, yeah, yeah and, and, and absolutely. Yeah, there's that. also there's also workplace bullies, you there know, and many of us have had to, to deal with that, and it's still going on. Uh, do you think, therefore, that I appreciate? You know, we need to obviously be yeah. mindful of our children, of their of their mental state, uh, of their happiness. But sometimes these are life lessons that we just have to learn. And again, I want to stress, I'm not talking about extreme mm. cases like Neve outlined with her, with her daughter. But yeah. you just sometimes you have to put your head up high and say to the bullies, I'm not paying attention to this. You know, this is not working with me. Move yeah. on. And that's a life lesson that we're maybe doing our children a disservice by not teaching them that life is about hard knocks sometimes. Very much so. Uh, you learn from everything that goes wrong in a sense of you should be able to recover from it. But, you know, I was listening to the radio over the last two weeks and people were coming on different stations going, it happened 40 years ago and it looked as if it happened yesterday. They just never got over it. It's that severe. But yeah. You know yourself, Neve. Sorry. Tara. Um, Tara. Sorry, Neve was on the line there. She was. Um, there's good teachers and bad teachers. There's good students and there's bad students. Yeah. Education is supposed to be a good thing. But... It's all gone wrong. Social media, I think, the children, it's all, it's in the schools, it's everywhere. They think life is all about being a celebrity, everything else. Mm. The system here has failed the children. Are yeah, the parents failing the children? Maybe so. Maybe the parents were failed when they were children. Craig, I want to bring you in on that very point then, uh, Morris's question there. Are children sometimes, or are parents rather, sometimes failing their children? It's not just the system. We can't always blame the system. Are parents sometimes letting their children down? Oh, I'd say so, yeah. In some cases, they leave a little excuse and they leave their kids off school. No. Right. And do, you, do you think that that is part of the reason um, that we have 202 people receiving summonses from Tusla? That it is, in the vast majority of cases, parents who just aren't bothered to get out of bed themselves yeah, and send yeah. their kids? I do, yeah. yeah. Especially in built-up rough areas. You know, the, the parents, the night before... Probably out coming in. Oh, I don't feel well. Okay, stay off school this morning, Johnny. You know. And what should parents be doing? Do you agree with that? Do you agree that we should be mindful if our children are saying they're a little bit sick or they don't want to go in, or or, or should we be tougher? Uh, I think it should be tougher. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's only it's the kids are benefiting. You know. And okay. so if your child came to you and said, oh, you know, I don't really feel like going in today. You know, there's only double religion. I've had that one for mine. It's only double religion today. What's your response to that then? Oh, you're going in, whether you like it or not. That's it. But it's very rare that he does because if he is sick, he is sick because he loves school. And what age is your child, Craig? He's seven. Okay. And but, uh, he knows at that age what he wants. He wants to bet himself because... The area we're living in is a rough area yeah. and he doesn't want to end up on the line. And what happens, Craig, if you're a little boy, and I and I, I dearly wish that this isn't the way things are going to work out, but what happens if he gets to the teenage years, like Neve's daughter, who's obviously 14, 15 years old, uh, you know, couldn't actually sit her junior cert because of endemic bullying that she was on, on the tail end of? 
I mean, will you? What will your approach to that issue be? That problem be? If and hopefully you won't ever have to encounter it. But you do. If your little boy's turning around, he's not seven; he's fourteen, and he's saying. I don't want to go in. This is horrific. I can't get away from them. They're constantly at me. Um, I feel depressed. I um, I can't get out of bed. I can't go to school, Dad. Oh, well, then you, you go see the principal and then you get no joy out of the principal. You go to your local TD. You know, yeah. if necessary, you go to the Board of Education. I think Neve talked us through that. I don't think she got on very well in that regard. Neve's advice, yeah. though, just for anybody who is uh, going through this, is before Tusla get to the point where they're contacting you that uh, maybe you should be a little bit more proactive and um, that you should contact them. They're there to help and maybe better equipped to deal with it, according to Neve, than some of the um, the systems that we might go to first, like teachers, like principals, like school boards. Um, thanks so far for the contribution. How would you deal with this? How are you dealing with this? Are you like Paul and Neve, where you have children who've experienced bullying and don't want to go to school? Or do you just think we should be teaching our kids to toughen up? Hey, Afan here in Sarts. Uh, kids missing school, I feel, is a massive issue. Uh, be it primary school or secondary school, it doesn't matter. All three kids are young now. Um, but if they were to miss school for 20 plus days, I'd like to think somebody was following up on it because being honest with you a kid missing out on 20 plus days in a schooling year is huge it's huge in my opinion now be it if they have medical issues or whatever like that fair enough okay you still follow up you find out what's wrong and you try and address or come to terms whatever situation the, the families are in be it the child's problem or be it the adult's problem it still needs to be looked into it still needs to be addressed and the kids need to get the best possible start in life and that's education that's my opinion thanks can't come on uh, if you could enter me in the draw for the night away in Limerick we've never been to Limerick believe it or not so yeah that'd be great thanks Fran and Swords cheers for your views there Fran and Swords uh, Liz talk to me about your uh, your view on this you know some people suggesting yes a strong arm needed here that we do need to be th- uh, threatening parents with the risk of jail to, in order to encourage them to, to get their kids up. And we're talking about the, car, the hard cases here of repeated non-attendance at school. Hi, Tara. Yeah, I, I do. I think the hard line should be brought to I don't think jail time is the answer because, in fairness, like, the prisons can't handle it. And what's the sense? No, I mean, if the child isn't going to stay with their parent at home, they're not going to go if their parent is in jail. But I do, do you think not think, though, that it could done. be... Do you not think, though, Liz, that it could be, in some ways, a bit of an incentive... You know, I mean, there is children who would, uh, uh, you know, maybe as, as uh, some of uh, some of our other uh, contributors were saying, you know, there, you've got a defiant fifteen-year-old. He just says, "I'm not going." That's just it. Maybe that I defiant fifteen-year-old would feel a little no. more intimidated by the thought that actually my dad could be going to jail here if I don't get up, go to school. I better get up. No, because if you're fourteen, a fifteen-year-old is capable of telling you, "No, I'm not going out of bed." to go to school and you're willing to listen, I don't think it's going to have any impact on them because, to me, you've already failed. Like a 14, 15, I wouldn't have dreamt to tell my man, now I'm not going to school. It wouldn't have even entered my head to tell her I wasn't going. Do you know what I mean? And, it, like, to me, I don't buy into that excuse to where your child is telling you now and you listen. Especially when it comes to going to school, I don't buy into that at all. And, we do, like as I said, they're talking about unexplained absences. They're not talking about kids who have are ill or anything like that. They're just talking about kids who won't go to school. And 
the fact that they won't go, that means their parents are letting them not go because they've been told no. Well, we also have situations where an awful lot of parents are working nowadays and so there may be, they have to get out of the house before the teenagers do. I remember back in my day, one of the lads I went to school with, who shall remain nameless, uh, he was missing for a couple of weeks and it turns out that what he was doing was getting into his wardrobe before his parents went to work or as they were going to work. And that's what he was doing. He was, he was hiding in the wardrobe until they'd left. They thought he'd already gone to school. And then he'd sit down and watch him I watch know, telly for the day. I know, but how absent-minded do you have to be that you don't notice your child's going to school? You know what I mean? If, they if thought he was work. A, but if, No, but if they thought he was already gone before they left, well, he was hiding in the wardrobe until they left for work. That means they, that he would have normally left before them. So that means that was an absent-minded parent. Who never even said goodbye to that child that they didn't know if he wasn't going to school. Well, if they've all... already gone to work, I can understand that. But if he's hiding in the wardrobe, you know what I mean, waiting on his parents to leave, that means he probably should have been gone before they were. And what about those who just do a bunk, who leave the house anyway and then yeah, don't bother and, turning up? And that's, that'd be a problem. But these days, well, as far as I'm aware, I have nieces and nephews that all go to different schools. And if they miss a day, if they're not in, the, the school texts yeah. their parents. Do you know what I mean? So these days, even bunking off is a lot harder than when I was in school because, believe me, I don't mind sharing bunking off, whether it be classes or the whole day. But back then, the school didn't get in contact with my mother mm. there and then. Mm. Where these days, I think most schools do. They get in contact with the parents straight away to find out, well, should your child be in school? And that way then, a lot of the bunking gets caught. Whereas I think these unexplained absences, a lot, of, especially with secondary schools, I think a lot of it is where the kids are just saying, no, I'm not going. And their parents are willing to go, oh, well, fair enough, because I have, as you said, they, they get to work or they have a massive a lot of other things to do. Mm. And they're just happy to go, yeah, fair enough. But yet you're saying there's enough going on in the prisons. The prisons can't take these parents. So what do you do with them then? What, what sanction do you take against the parents for maybe allowing their child not to bother going to school and the kids who don't turn up? What do you do? You hit their children's allowance. Every parent in the country gets children's allowance. I don't agree with hitting their social welfare because not every parent is on social welfare of the kids who are missing school, but you hit their children's allowance. Every single parent in the country is entitled to children's allowance. And I guarantee you start fining them and they feel it in their pocket, they'll start getting their kids out of school. Or at the very least, try. Because as I said, if you ask me, if a 14, 15-year-old are telling you no and getting away with it, you've already let them away with it for too long. Hmm. And I don't know how you tackle that then. Do you think that that's going to be enough to get the kid in the door to school, though? While it might, while it might motivate the parent, if well, they have less money it. coming in every month, but you're still probably going to have a situation where there's a defiant child who's up to this point has been let away with it. So, what's going to make them want to change their behaviour? Well, that's the thing, though. I don't even think prison time for a parent to do that because, as I said, if they're not going to school for their parents, yeah. like even if that parent gets jail time, even if it's only say a month. That child's going to have to be looked after by somebody else. And if they're not going for their parent, I can't imagine they're just going to go for anybody. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know how you tackle that specific issue. But yeah. with the money one, you guarantee for the for the ones who are missing because of lazy parents. It's going to hit them where it hurts. Bothered, it'll hit them where it hurts. And I guarantee they might be more inclined to get their kids to go. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe so. But uh, Liz Bernardo is certainly amongst the most vocal saying they're not in, they, they don't agree with that. Uh, Robbie, you have had a first-hand um, experience of this issue yourself with your with your own daughter, have you? I have, yeah, but I mean, the thing is that, like, in general conversation, when it comes down to most of these topics, it's not a magic wand effect that can sort out these problems, because you have to take them on an individual basis. 
Yes, you may have 20 kids from the same school who are not going to school for 43 days each day. Mm. But it all comes down to, it's a sum of all parts because there's different reasons behind why those kids are not going. Five could be down to bullying. Two could be down to just pure um, laziness. You could have three who are just not academically able to sit in the classroom for eight hours. So it's, it's, it's not just a simple thing to say, oh, blame the parents or blame the child or it's laziness or they're just not bothering. There's different circumstances behind every case, you know. So, and, how, so how then, Robbie, do you deal with it? If it's different scenarios, are, yeah, we, wrong, I mean, are we wrong to even be trying to think of a one-size-fits-all one solution to it? Absolutely, yes, we are, because there's, the state, as, you, as well I'm sure you know, has many bowls in its fiddle to um, tackle different types of children not going to school for certain different reasons. You know, like Tuzla, I wouldn't be, like I wouldn't trust Tuzla as far as I could throw it, mm. but Tuzla is there. You've also got the different community kind of programs as well, and you've also got the different kind of outside of school programs like um, that are in place there for children to to um, do their studies. Well, for my daughter, no, I, I sitting down in the classroom for eight hours a day was just never going to be for her. Yeah. Fantastic, she's a fantastic kid, not a problem kid, lovely kid, but the eight hours of classroom yeah. learning is just not her thing. Now, that, that's just one, that's just one, you know, but how many other kids are like that? And then how many other kids are just not going? And then how many other kids are not going for other you know, underlying reasons that we've mentioned, you yeah. know. And I'm very interested in your own situation, Robbie, because I tell you, I identify with it. You know what I mean? One of my children as well like that is just not academic. And I look at the school system and I could, I could pull my hair out with frustration because yeah. it's so focused on rote learning and remembering everything and yeah. doing these subjects which are no interest uh, to, a, to a child, to a teenager. And I can appreciate, therefore, how difficult it must be um, yeah. to try and encourage your child to stick with it when they're sitting there going, do you know what? This is useless to me. I can't do this. This is hurting my self-esteem. I'm crap. I'm thick. I'm all of these things. Yeah. And, yeah. and the effect that that must have on a child. It is because I look at, <clears throat> when I went to school in Crumlin, we had A, B, C and C, William, which was the four classes. I mean, there were 40 students in each class. And the A was uh, the aptitude test that you take before you go into a school. Yeah, yeah. So when you're 12 or 14 years of age, it's going to decide what class you're in for the next three years, yeah, you know? Yeah, Now, I know some of the lads who are in A who have done quite well, and some lads who are not doing quite well, mm. and I know some lads who are in CW who have excelled and done extremely well for yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, so <clears throat> I think, is, this, is the skill system fit for purpose? Yes, it is in part, but maybe there's some things we could look at as well. This maybe change the reasons why some children just can't settle in the classroom, yeah. right? Yeah. You know? But I think that, as I said, we can't just put one big blanket over everything and say, just because 20% or whatever it is, the number of kids who are not going to school for more than 40 days are all not going for the same reasons and the same punishment has to be handed out for all the parents or all the children who are not going to school for them for those 40 days because it's not the same thing. So what, Every so, case is different. so what do you believe then should, say we have three types of cases, say we have cases where... The kid won't get up and go. It's being defined. The child is being defined. The parent really can't be bothered. You know, what should we do for those? Are they the ones that should be getting the summonses and possibly being sent to jail? Should we I be looking then at other, at other children, maybe like, like your daughter, where it's just not a good fit? And then looking at a second... Where, so what can we do from them from an educational point of view? Where can they be more comfortable? And then what about the children who are being mercilessly bullied and really have you know, very serious mental health issues as a result and just can't go. Yeah. I mean, the, 
the bully issue, I think, is the possibility of moving school. I know it's not ideal, but I think the, the, the state has to step in there and say, look, this is an extreme case of bullying here in this case. And, of course, the bullies should be uh, reprimanded for that as well. But if, it's a, if, if the child is... And I've seen, I know of a certain couple of kids who have moved skills and they are brilliant now compared to the school when they were in, when they were yeah, getting bullied. It, you know? it doesn't always work, though, no, Robbie. It doesn't, it doesn't always work. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not ideal. But look, unfortunately, um, bullying went back to the day me and you were in school as well, you know? And long before, and, before, before us yeah, as well. And the whole thing of stand up and be strong. You stand up and be strong to some of these bullies, they just knock seven shades of shit out of you. And like, that, that's the fact of the matter, you know? Um, because not everybody and not every person has that kind of stand up to bullies in them. Mm. I would say there's only 5% of the planet who are actually, you know, able to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like mo- most people, it's not in their psyche to stand up and start a fight with somebody. You know, it's, it's just not in them. I know. So, and, I yet, mean, and, and yet the psychology will, will tell us uh, that, that bullies in their own um, way are, are also suffering in their own way and that's why that behaviour comes out in them. Stick with us uh, on the Nile Boylan Show here on Classic Kids. I want to bring Louise in now. Louise, you also have first-hand uh, family experience of this issue. Tell us about it. Um, hi. Um, it's not myself. It was my sister. It's been going on since she was 12. Um, it kind of started in primary school and continued on to secondary school mm. where she was being um, physically and mentally bullied by students in the class. Mm. It started off with a group of girls and when they progressed into secondary school then it was boys that got involved as well. Now, we weren't aware that it was we kind of had a feeling it was happening in primary school, but she was dealing with it. Okay. And um, we didn't realise how bad it had got when she went to secondary school until um, last year when we found her. She had, she broke down, she had attempted to uh, use a rope. Um, she had attempted to finish it all. She had been physically um, hit on numerous times by boys in the class. Um, they had taken pictures, sent around the class, you know. Mm. Um, there was a lot in it, but it was, we were getting to the stage where we couldn't get her out the door to school. Um, Mum and Dad were at wit's end, to be honest. They were doing their best. They were, you know, bringing her to the school building. She was getting there and then she was pausing. She wasn't able to go any further. Um, we all tried. There was numerous meetings at the school. The school were doing absolutely nothing. Um, as a final resort, Mum contacted. Uh, I'm not sure what I can say online air or not, but she contacted somebody to help mm-hmm. um, an organisation, and we thought they were helping. They came to meetings in the school and stuff. Um, it was only then that the school kind of, I suppose, they started to see the seriousness of it. You know, the fact that she had missed nearly a year of school obviously wasn't serious enough for them. It was only when this organisation got involved that they kind of said, OK, well, we need to do something. Um, there was meetings were held then. Um, the boys in question were brought into a meeting um, with their parents and my mum and my sister. They, they never denied anything. They admitted to everything. Okay. The school never punished them in any way. Not a detention, expansion, suspension, nothing. There was absolutely no um, repercussions for what they had done. Um, they are actually going on holiday with the school this year. 
Um, we're still battling. She's attending a psychologist. Mm-hmm. She has been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. She's um, anxiety, uh, OCD. Yeah. She's been medicated. She's still seeing counsellors. Um, it's a weekly thing now. Um, the organisation that we thought was helping eventually brought mum and dad to court last year because obviously she wasn't attending school. They had to... Uh, even though they had, your parents had of their own volition engaged with this organisation. Yeah, they had rang them. It wasn't that they had contacted my parents. My parents actually went to the trouble of getting the number and contacting them looking for help because, you know, they, they had tried so many different things and nothing was working. So they eventually went down that route and the girl that used to come out to see her, we actually thought she was, you know, she was kind of helping in a way. She'd come out and she'd be really nice and, you know, she was talking to her. It was hard at advice that, you know, we go to CAMS and stuff like that to see, you know, could they help in any way. Yeah. And then when it did go to court last year, she got up and she told nothing but lies that when she called to the house that the child was there on her own, which is lies like it's my mum and dad and there's a number of siblings living at home that are all older than my sister. Like she would be the youngest of hmm. a kind of a large family. Hmm. Um, like we all went to school. We all had great attendance. She herself had great attendance up until this started in the first year. Um, you know, it, it's not as if she came from a background where, you know, there was a problem with attendance kind of previous. Um Mom doesn't work, so she was always home. Um, and they, and your your sister, um, the despite the horrendous ordeal that she's gone, where where is she now with regards to to going to school? Has she been able to go back to school? Is um, she off school? In, in September, she went in um, for a couple of days. Um, she would go in at nine o'clock and maybe come home at twenty past ten or eleven. But the fact that she was actually going into the building was, you know, a massive, massive step. Yeah. Um, she sat her exam last year, and she sat it in a room on her own because okay. she wasn't able to go into the room with the said students. Um, the school somehow thought that because she had had from, she'd had July and August off school that September was just someone was going to flick a switch and everything was going to be better. Yeah, It's not how it works. Like she's still attending council and she's been medicated. Um, some days she has great days and it's brilliant to see but the next day she could just literally like it's absolutely horrible mm. for us to watch yeah. what she's going through. It's, yeah. And it's all down to the hands of bullies and a school not... Like, they they just never dealt with it. Like, you know, they never punished... Nobody got punished for what they've done, but she's been punished still because she's still dealing with it. Absolutely. And Louise, I dare say, your sister, God love her, is going to have to be dealing with this and, and you as a family for, for many, many years to come. So it just goes to show you, really, that a broad-stroke approach isn't going to work. A situation whereby uh, being sent, as in the case of Louise's family, you are reaching out looking for help. You recognise there's an issue and a problem. You look for that help. And at the end, it gets you kind of nowhere. Tragic to hear. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.